0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450
1: Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at wgnsradio.com. show giving you the truth about personal finance this is financial coaching radio and i'm your host jason paul certified financial planner one of the only independent commission three financial advisors in brotherford county that's right one of the only those financial advisors are salespeople they won't tell you that they're really sales they want to sell you on bringing their assets over they want to recruit as many assets and iras and investment accounts as they possibly can because they want to charge you fees Nothing wrong with fees. just depends on how you charge them. And if you have any conflict of interest, that's really what it's all about. Does your financial guy or girl have any conflicts of interest with you? Or have they done everything in their power to minimize those? Reach out to me. Find out, find out all about it. Go to jasonqualscfp.com. jasonqualscfp.com. If you have questions, comments, disagreements, click email the show or any of the social media links at financial coachingradio.com and on that note i've been wanting to discuss this article for some time and i haven't read it so we're going to kind of learn about it and laugh about it as we go along market watch and this is a quote it's a question our guy feels like i use car salesman we have a financial advisor but i don't do much of anything that he advises how should i handle this now I don't know if it's made up or somebody asked us the real question because what you say, well, if you don't do <laughs> give them their advice, why do you have them? Uh, are you worried? <laughs> I have to laugh? My biggest issue is trusting someone else, a stranger to advise my husband and I on our money. What makes up for what makes for a trustworthy advisor? Because our guy feels like I used car salesman and I don't do much of anything here. He says, uh, here's the answer. Pros say that if you don't trust your advisor it's time to move on (laughs) really of course if you don't if you have trust issues with someone who's managing and advising you in your financial life then yes fire them you need to change advisors if an advisor is coming on so strong they seem like a used car salesman then indeed is probably not a good idea what did i say in the intro what did i say i said most advisors are salespeople. do they come across like this no some do You know, these are the ones that like uh, indexed annuities, fixed index annuities, variable annuities, most of the time. Or complicated, higher-risk financial products, sector investments, investments that go against the market, maybe even other strange things that aren't typical, uh, typical investments that you're familiar with. The guys pushing that kind of stuff are salespeople. They get paid to do it. They get paid more to do it. Obviously there has to be some financial incentive there. To find someone new, some find a new financial advisor. Start by asking here I'm not even gonna go through this because I'm kind of done with it. Here's what you need to do. You gotta have some interviews, you gotta set up and say, look, you need to be on a search for an independent, fee-only certified financial planner. Independent means they only work for you, they're not employed by a bank or an investment firm because who they're if they're employed by someone else they're serving a different master and you want them to work for you that's why independence matters so if they have a boss at the bank or financial firm they work for or an insurance company someone they report to to meet sales goals and run their business a certain way that's a conflict of interest with you if they're truly on their own and independent a lot of that conflict is removed the next thing you're looking for, is, besides independence, is how they're compensated. Are you fee-only? That's not fee-based. I can't tell you. At least once a month, someone will come in and say, mention fee-based, and they will be under the impression that fee-based is fee-only. It is not. Know the differences. Quick Google search, fee-based versus fee-only. Teach you all you need to know. We won't go back through it on this show because I've covered it many, many times. But fee only just means that the advisor is paid by you, only by you, by no one else. So however you negotiate the fee, whether it's a flat fee, an hourly fee, or a percentage, whatever you want to do, it's your prerogative. Then whatever the advisor recommends you do or don't do doesn't change that fee and removes another conflict of interest. And obviously you want to make sure they know what the hell they're talking about. You want some education, some training, some credentials? And last but not least, the credential you're looking for is certified financial planner. There's other ones out there that are important, but in the financial planning, investment, financial advice world, nothing is more important than that. So does that mean that you won't make a mistake if you interview three different independent fee-only certified financial planners and hire one that's just not right for you? That doesn't mean that. But the likelihood of that happening goes way, way down. What happens if you choose to ignore what I'm telling you on the radio today? The likelihood of you getting screwed over goes way, way up. Is it it just an absolute? No, there's some good financial salespeople out there that actually do the right thing for their clients. They still have conflicts of interest with you, so you're putting a lot of money on the wrong horse thinking that they're always going to be that way. But the ones who actually do, the ones who are financial salespeople, true financial salespeople, just happen to be acting and caring about what's right for their clients, those are almost like unicorns. I've been in this business over 20 years. And I know most of the advisors who work in this area, I don't know them all personally, but I know that I've seen their work, I, I know their reputation, um, and some do good jobs and some do bad jobs. But it's highly more likely that they'll do a bad job for you if they're not independent only CFPs go to Jason Qualls cfp.com. Jason Qualls CFP.com and of course if your advisor seems like a financial or seems like a used car salesman <laughs> the market watch article said I think you need to look elsewhere and you're like I know but I go to church with him or he's my uncle's friend and yeah I did a show a long time ago is why you should not like your financial advice or hate your financial planner you shouldn't be friends with them because it's a business relationship all right jason qualls cfp.com i'm your host of course click financial click on financial coaching radio email the show and send me a question a comment a disagreement i'm back with you right after this Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896 or go to BakerCouncil.com. Again, that's 896 5621 or BakerCouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Gual, Certified Financial Planner. Joining in now is John Baker, East State Planning Attorney. BakerCouncil.com is his web address, BakerCouncil.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Uh, great to be here, Jason. Uh, something that's come up more recently, and I'm sure you've dealt with it often and on uh, over the last few years, as cryptocurrencies become more and more popular. Everybody talks about how to buy it, where to buy it, what it's trading at, especially if it gets... Uh, near lows or all-time highs it makes news stories but what happens when you pass away with cryptocurrency and let's say it's a substantial amount we're not talking about a few hundred bucks you just dabble with it say it's a few hundred thousand dollars of bitcoin how do you make sure those assets are properly handled in your estate plan is this something that needs to be handled in a separate type of trust what are the estate planning gurus putting out there as far as information on this
0: yeah, I think it's uh, you know it's really an, an evolving uh, you know revolving issue, and uh, you know you probably need to check real carefully with the cryptocurrency you own and, and, and see what the uh, you know the, the means are available to to do that. Uh, and
1: it should There's something be in, called a digital asset protection trust.
0: Yeah, I was it you know it may be in trust planning
1: and i guess this is not Uh, just for crypto could be any other digital asset
0: yeah yes and then uh
1: digital photos email accounts social media profiles yeah Uh, it's a strange world we live in
0: yeah it's i mean it's really you know that whole area is evolving as it relates to estate planning and then uh, you know we'll see how that all shakes out but i think if you've got a situation where you have a a a lot of value in, in the cryptocurrencies then uh you know, you really need to look at that close and see what is going to be, you know, the best option. Uh, you know, we're using a trust. Certainly it needs to be addressed in your estate planning somewhere, uh, even if you're not totally certain, you know, what, you know, how this may, you know, evolve over time, because you, you wanna make clear, you know, where it needs to go and how it's gonna go. So it's, you know, it is, it's an evolving area and the, uh, you know, what to do, You know, it's, it's, you know, something I think each person who has a substantial holding in cryptocurrency, you know, should should, should look to do just like you would look to do with your other assets, like an IRA. If you had an IRA, you would be looking at that closely to see, you know, how best, you know, to transfer this.
1: And I believe a revocable trust will solve many of the estate planning problems as it comes to, as it relates to cryptocurrency, because you're naming a trustee, someone who can act on your behalf of disability and death. And as you've mentioned before several times on the show, not in, in relation to this, but in other assets and other financial transactions, like banks and investment houses, they like the trust better than a power of attorney in many yeah. cases. Yeah, so yeah, so, the, so I would assume that would be the same general well, idea here.
0: And of course, the you know, of course, the the, the trust can 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 administer the asset. You know, after the person dies, you know if if the person owns the asset and then they die, you know the power of attorney is not going to be any help at at that point. And of course, the trust, you know is can also maintain privacy, which is probably going to be desired. Then a cryptocurrency well. part of transactions, exactly. certainly. yeah you know, so
1: and that that's the other gray area um, the people who actually do not do have the cryptocurrency assets on like their their hard drive. Uh, Their their outside wallet is not tied to any financial firm, not tied to any cryptocurrency trading app or institution. Mm -hmm. They want to keep everything private of how much they own. And then it just comes down to access. Uh, Who has access to that drive? Who has the the passcode and and all of that to get into it? Uh, Which leads me to most people are going to keep things, important things like that, or they're very valuable. Uh, Whether it be something electronic like that or uh, maybe something more a tangible like jewelry the, getting access to like a safety deposit box any state planning what issues are there with setting up or having a safety deposit box at a bank uh, with your spouse or without your spouse and who can access it and who cannot?
0: yeah so with a uh, you know with the safe deposit box you know if you die you know ha- having, a, having a safe deposit box uh, if, if no one else has a, has, has authority, or has the key, you know, to the box, uh, you're going to run into some issues. So, Is now, it really
1: about that key? Who has the key?
0: Yeah, so, well, if you don't have a key, uh, you know, the, the the bank has to get a locksmith or, you know, some lock person to actually drill it out. You know, they, they so it's, you know, the, the key is important, but also, you know, the person have an authority, you know, to, to access it. And... The, the bank has some limited authority under the statute to to allow access such as to retrieve a will and that sort of thing. Um, you know but 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 short of that, if, if if you die and there's not someone with with authority and you know with a key to get into it, uh, you know you you, you you know you could run into problems and, uh,
1: you so know, you open up so, a, a individual bank account with a safe deposit box your spouse is not on the account will she have any problems accessing that safe deposit box if you were incapacitated Yep. Yeah, so will with power of attorney step in and say hey i'm the yeah, power think, of attorney
0: yeah i think that's what you would probably do and and i think you would uh you know I th- which i think is generally helpful with powers of attorney when you have them is 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 give your bank a copy and, and then and then and then and then verify you know can my wife access this you know if something happens you know to me and uh, I can't get to it you know can my wife get to it and, 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 and ask the question so you'll know up front what that bank's going to, to to permit. If
1: you're just joining in we're talking estate planning with John Baker estate planning attorney Bakercounsel.com is his website. I'm Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. A lot of people have came to me as of late, with executor type questions they say, Hey, my spouse has died. I'm trying to get access to uh, this or that account, but they're telling me as a spouse, they will not let me because I wasn't the original account holder. And I said, well, aren't you the executor? And so they say, yes. Why are people running into so many issues? Is it just a miscommunication of that? They are the executor or people really not like giving up the information to the executor or what what rights or role does the executor play when someone passes away? Than the ability to access financial information. Yeah.
0: So you know. So if it is an individual account and nobody else is on the account, and the account doesn't pay to somebody at death, then uh, then it's you know likely going to be subject to probate and subject to the authority of the executor or the administrator of the estate. Uh, but that is isn't a court-appointed uh, position. So. The person may be named as executor in the will.
1: Here, we're we'll getting to the, the the real meat of it here. But
0: the will, if the will hasn't been probated, you know, it's not effective mm. yet. You know, the bank is going to want to want to know that um, the executor has been appointed by the court, even gotcha. though they're nominated
1: in the will. Is that overkill? Well, uh, probably is it just not. Bank trying to protect themselves, it's like you.
0: No, I mean it, it's really it, it is. I don't think it is because that that's consistent with 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 you know how our system operates. Uh, you know, we look to the title of the document, who owns it. You know, we're we're what we call a separate property state. So we look to the title name on the title. So let's say you know husband owns it. He's the only one on the title. He dies. He has. You know the, the bank at that point um, needs to know who to, you know who to pay that account to, and unless it's a you know a, a small account, you know the bank is uh, you know going to have to have uh, an, an administrator or an executor
1: appointed through a court. So if you're the executor, you can't just go down there without mm-hmm. going to court first and say, hey, I'm the executor, let me have access to it. You need to go to court, That's right. get some type of verification, and, then go back.
0: Right, and, and that verification is, is, is an official document called letters of administration or letters testamentary that the court issues to the administrator. And then you take that paper to the bank and say, hey, I'm the executor or I'm the administrator, and then they will give you access to the account but they, they you know they they have to have that otherwise no one has that legal authority and 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 that's you know that's the way the system's set up so i think i don't think it's overkill i think the banks are you know doing exactly what they're supposed to do and what they should do to protect you know the 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 uh, accounts and uh but but you do you know with a will or with no will if, if it's a intestate estate um you know you're going to need to get that authority from the court now if it's a trust account when the trustee dies the successor trustee named in the trust can then just step in they don't have to go to court it really makes a strong that. case
1: for that trust that's, that's one so, of so you know it makes it they a lot
0: just easier. need to show the bank that they are the, the new trustee after the death of the owner and uh, then they sh- shouldn't have any problem.
1: And what is the thought process there? It's both a legal document. You're mm-hmm. both naming a person that's stepping in on your behalf after you pass away. Mm-hmm. What is? Why do they have prefer the trust? Which is just another document mm-hmm. like the will. Why do they prefer mm-hmm. that? Because
0: well, I think it
1: because it, if we're going to defraud someone in that scenario, you could do it yeah. with a will or a trust. Well, certainly with a trust, yeah. but you know less likely with a will because of the court proceeding.
0: Yeah, so so with the uh, you know with a trust is a privately created document you know kind of like a contract and so you know the terms are, are, are in that trust and and the trust account is set up with the bank you know while the the trust maker you know the, you know, the grantor is typically you know going to be a living and s- typically so the uh, uh, you know the 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 documents are all set up the account is set up as a in trust the trust account. name so that kind of whereas gets you, you know in an estate gotcha. we're transitioning from an individual account over to a uh, to now an estate account
1: so it's all that preliminary work to have the trust and set so, up and then rename right. the account in the name of the trust so that yeah. kind of gets you through some yeah. of those hoops and on of course the back
0: a trust being basically a privately created document you know there's a lot of leeway on how to set that up and how it's going to operate and, and, and the terms of the trust and the intent of the trust maker are you know are going to govern govern that. You know, whereas with, with a probate estate, you know, there 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 are, you know, laws that describe that process, you know, to protect the interests that would be involved there. So uh, you know, it's I don't know necessarily, you know, at death does the bank prefer one process over the other. But they're going to follow whichever process is, is set in place by the you know the account owner. So if the account owner set up a trust, the bank is going to follow that. If it's through any state, the bank is going to follow
1: that. If you have these concerns or questions and more, go to Bakercounsel.com John Baker estate Planning attorney. This is Financial Coaching radio. Stick around. we're back. financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, JasonQuallsCFP.com. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Spark with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one place giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, certainly not pushing any live event or financial products. We'll leave that to the other show. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Still around as John Bakery, estate planning attorney. Let's switch it up and talk about communicating your estate planning wishes. Sometimes I imagine this will be difficult. You're talking to your loved ones about you passing away or becoming disabled. But the better you can be at communicating your wishes, if something happened to you, the better... Your plan is going to work out. And it's also an area where people don't like to think about in their own mortality. But what are some of the easy steps can people can they can take with it? It's just a simple will, simple power of attorney that communicate that as simple as where is this document? This is where you go. Uh, I, I feel like that is just a, a simple area people are looking yeah, to know, pass think, down their wishes.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if people are struggling to, uh, you know, to to get started, you know, planning and organizing, you know, for death and, and you know, end-of-life issues, you know, maybe the, and maybe to, to just motivate to get started, you know, maybe, you know, because it, it can seem overwhelming, you know, you think about all this and, you know, there's so much to think about and where it's going to go and what all I've got and how to manage it and all of that, so maybe to, to, to keep it from feeling overwhelming, just start out real simple, uh, you may, maybe let's just get it let's just get a health care power of attorney you know if i get sick and somebody needs to step in and help me out you know who's that going to be okay and you can start that you know the tennessee uh, department of health has directive forms uh, on their website that, for, that free. You can, for free you can just download them and do it and so maybe that's a way to get started you know just start with with something uh like that you know appoint a health care agent and then, you know, then maybe take the next step, thinking about powers of attorney, and then, and then thinking about the estate. You know, so if you're having, a, you know, a little hard time, you know, getting into it, um, you know, maybe, maybe, step, think about that first, and and <laughs> okay. then, and then you'll, you know, then then you'll move along. You, of course, you know, people like me, estate planning attorneys, can, you know, certainly help people through the process, but but you know, but it is some work, you know, it really is. It, you know, on on average, I'd probably say, you know, for me in my office you know it, it takes about 30 days or so to uh you know to, to to work with clients and after two or three or several meetings and uh you know get a uh estate plan in place and, and for some people you know it, it can take you know months or maybe even a year or so before they really feel like they've uh you know got it all together and that's the other thing you know you can
1: but well it's all together mm-hmm. in pieces so you just went that route you just described start mm-hmm. small get that health care directive off the tennessee state website mm-hmm. you fill it out you complete it what's the best way to communicate with that form down to who you've named do you yeah. you give them a copy right like, and then that, i think that's where people are kind of yeah. yeah i have this stuff yeah. now what do i do with
0: yeah it? that and that's a great point <laughs> and that kind of opens up the communication with the family a little bit and so you could take that form say okay I'm going to point you know my spouse and then my child as my my health care agents. And then you communicate that with them. You communicate it with your child. and maybe that starts opening up the uh, communication line a little bit. and uh, then we can start thinking about these things and, and carrying it on to the next step. So if you're struggling, you know, maybe start out small and and then uh, and then and then get into it.
1: And the same thing would go to a will or anything else.
0: Right, right. Now, now, most people by the time they get to me, they're ready to do you know all the planning typically. So we're you know really we're talking about you know just getting those those, those ste- you know those steps started and getting the communication process going and and that's something again you know it, it's just a start but 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 you know think about health first maybe think about health care you know we we go to the doctor. We fill out forms, we tell them, you know, who can uh, access our medical information, who they can talk to if, 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 you know, if, if we don't have a, you know, if we can't communicate or something. So, you know, maybe start there and, and get it going.
1: Has all of the electronic statements having to do with financial records made people's lives um, a little more difficult at this stage? Because if you have someone that doesn't know exactly what accounts are out there or or financial products you own that are out there, and you haven't kept some detailed master list of it, and there's not a paper statement that's getting mailed every quarter or what have you, have you found that to be a little more time-consuming? So I don't really know what my my spouse had. I don't really know what my, my parents had.
0: Yeah, I think I think so. You know, the, the electronic, you know, our, our electronic document systems, you know, they can be great in a lot of ways. But if, if we don't have a way to track them or to know what somebody has, it, you know, it can be a challenge, you know, and that's just another reason, to you know, to get your estate planning in place is to get those things organized to make sure that your agents, your executors, your trustees and whatnot, uh um, have will be able to access, you know, some record that you have that, that can show them what you have so they don't have to spend a lot of time searching because, it, you know, it can be it a can tremendous time
1: I can tell you, not firsthand, but certainly helping clients through it, it's very, very time consuming to hunt some of this stuff yeah, down.
0: And, and and if, you know, for, for the clients that are not really uh, uh, electronic savvy, you know, with all these electronic documents and electronic bank statements and things, uh uh, you know, you know, it can be hard for them because you know the banks and and the government agencies, you know, they're all, you know, encouraging people to uh, access information and and to you know online. So as more and more things go online and less and less is mailed, you know, for those people. You know, it, it's, it's a challenge.
1: So it, a lot about estate planning, you know, in a simple yeah. sense. There's legal documents and legal advice, but it's, it's a lot to do with organization. Yeah, I mean, a lot being, of it's – Being organized.
0: Sometimes it's logistics, yeah. And, you know, I've even noticed, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, particularly with some of my older clients, uh, you know, in, in this electronic age, they they go to the bank a lot you know i mean they literally go to the bank you mm-hmm. know to do this transaction that transaction because they want they're not comfortable or they don't know how to do it online and they they want to go meet face to face with that bank teller you know to to do you know to do the bank transaction
1: John Baker, estate planning attorney. John, what's the best phone number to reach you here locally, right here in Rutherford yeah, County?
0: 615 896 5621.
1: Give John a call with all your estate planning questions. You can also go to bakercouncil.com. I appreciate your time today.
0: Yeah, hey, great to be here, Jason.
1: Thank this you. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Hang in there. We're wrapping up the show right after this. are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website jasonqualscfp.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tuthero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tuthero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Welcome back to the show, show that airs every Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock right here on WGNS, local talk all the time, most of the time anyway. You listen to the show anytime, anywhere, websites, podcasts, all listed at financialcoachingradio.com. Click archives. You can also find the link at jasonquallscfp.com. Click on radio show. Now the one thing that I love about this show, it's not a set standard. We're not talking about financial planning basics. Sometimes we're kind of all over the place. But the things that, that kind of it, it's not it's not every day and it's not every week, uh, but maybe I see I think once a month we're we're dabbling into real life issues. I mean, the, some of the questions that I asked John Baker earlier are things that real life clients are facing. It's the questions they have discovered that are there from having done a great job planning wise with their wills, powers of attorney uh, or have not done a great job. It's just uninter- you, know, you don't know it all. It's, it's hard to address everything. The key is don't go at it alone. Have a team of people around you. Have your certified financial planner be the head of that team, head of your estate planning attorney, head of your tax professional, head of your insurance folks, and be running your retirement investment estate and tax plan. That's what a CFP does. At least that's what they should do. All right, I appreciate you listening today. And every day I'll be back with you tomorrow, same time, same channel. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. More local talk.